Hello, fans. Welcome, well, listeners. Listeners. Space I guess you're not really fan. Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, welcome to Star Spangled Eurovision. We're back after a short hiatus. All extra week that we've been gone. I'd like to introduce everyone to um, former intern, now president of Star Spangled Eurovision podcast. Hey, I got upgraded from intern back when I did that one with Brent. So yeah, okay. it's true. She I'm went from intern, intern to guest. Oh, but now she's president. It's a compliment. Like, she climbed the ladder. Okay. The <laughs> point is, Sarah's back with me and Alex. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi, Max. Hi, Alex. Please don't fire me. She has that power now. She's the president. She's the president. <laughs> anyway, welcome to another week of Star Spangled Eurovision. Um, we've got some incredible news. The... Eurovision Contest 2019 will be taking place in Tel Aviv. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I literally mean, no surprise, like, yeah, actually. Like, out of all the places in Israel, like, is there really anywhere else that you can actually host it? I just really loved how... That is in Jerusalem. Yeah, I mean, the government was all like, it's going to be in Jerusalem. And it was this whole, like, thing that they were proud of. And then the EB is just like, Jerusalem doesn't have a venue, so... <laughs> No. <laughs> Tel Aviv. And so it's going to be in Tel Aviv. And the semifinals will be on May 14th and 16th. And then the final will be on May 18th. So I just want to like chime in here and um, just contribute to, I guess, a larger thing that's been disturbing me lately. And don't people think before they speak, like when they're like, oh, it's going to be in Jerusalem. Like, when then it's announced that it's Tel Aviv, like, do you feel a little bit of embarrassment in your heart? Because I feel like when I misspeak, like, I'm embarrassed, but it happens all the time now, and people are just like, meh, whatever. I'm like, no! Like, where is that, like, emotion, that gut feeling that you're wrong, and you have to correct for it? It's just, it's not around anymore. So, yeah, all the people who said that it's Jerusalem and it's Tel Aviv, you can just, like, own up to it. Just, you know, come on to the podcast, just say, yeah, I was wrong. I can be a big person about it. That's fine. I mean, I'll be a big person about other things too. Not on this podcast, but, you know, on other ones. It's fine. That's fair. Uh, to all the people who thought it was Jerusalem, nanny nanny boo boo, fuck you. <laughs> so tell me. Um, so you can reach us at, what's our email? <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to write your apologies and your incorrectness uh no it just really was funny when they're all so insistent about it being in jerusalem and then it's just like that's just not gonna happen i mean we we kind of talked about this but yeah like it just it makes a lot more sense that it would be in tel aviv it's a more international city it has the capacity for eurovision and it's a little farther away from you know controversial conflicts you could say safer just it's also yeah it's a little safer to be to be honest it's like when they were in Ukraine, like they didn't have it on the front lines. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't in Kharkiv. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, what other cities has the Eurovision been held in where it was like possibly, I don't know, there's like chance of violence or significant protests. I don't know. Do we know? I feel like there would be an interesting that'd be an interesting history lesson, but I doubt there has ever been any serious conflict about that, right? Yeah, I wouldn't think serious con conflict, but I wonder like when else there were concerns about it. Something to look into. And if our listeners have any knowledge of such a thing, please let us know. I feel like we need to do more research before we start this podcast. 
I mean, no, there's a lot of open-ended questions. We're giving great thesis material to all the undergrads who are going to write thesis projects that all really the don't ones matter for the future. Who listen to us, yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, so in other Eurovision news, before we get to our main topic of the day, uh, firstly, Estonia has unveiled a new format for its national selection known as Estilau. So in 2019, it's literally just going to be bigger. Uh, <laughs> more acts. The semifinals will be broadcast live. And they're actually uh, allowing foreign artists to compete. Normally, or at least there was a rule that every entry into Estilau had to be 50% composed by an Estonian or performed by an Estonian. So now, uh, and now Dion can come back <laughs> and reclaim her throne as Eurovision winner. I suppose so. I guess the only difference is that now there are going to be fees to participating. And if you're Estonian, you get to pay 25 euros. But for foreign languages, it'll be 50 euros. Oh, or foreign entries, it'll be 50 euros. Celine Dion from her Las Vegas money is going to have a really hard time paying <laughs> 50 euro entry fees. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's going to be Estee Lau. I'm really looking forward to it because Estee Lau is always my favorite selection of your vision. Have you thought about entering? Well, now I... It's only 50 euros, and now it's open to me, Max. How about you, Sarah? (laughs) I mean, yeah, the $50 entry fee isn't much of a barrier. 50 euros? Hiring a songwriter might be. You don't need a songwriter. I got some great material. I've been been working on this since, since, since middle school. It's a lot of okay, feelings to get there. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. Star Spangled Eurovision will be entering into SD Lao 2019. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> so I'm call. my vacation time next year. Okay. Uh, the next piece of news is that, so we already talked about how Switzerland was um, revamping its selection process and moving entirely to an internal selection. However... One of the Swiss broadcasters, RSI, uh, which is the Italian broadcaster for Switzerland, has published an online poll and released 13 songs, essentially, and is asking voters to basically give their opinion on those 13 songs. And so if you are interested, we'll post the link in the show notes. Uh, you have until the end of September to go in and give them your thoughts. And from what I understand... Uh, the three different broadcasters in Switzerland will all be submitting songs into like a final to a final jury who will decide internally what the new song, the, the Swiss song this year will be. So will your vote like have a lot of? I have zero idea. I don't know if it will actually decide anything, but this is your first chance to listen to some Eurovision music in what is now officially as of September first. The 2019 Eurovision season, which brings Yay! us to today's topic, which is what's what do we expect? What can we expect in 2019? What do we think is going to happen in Eurovision 2019? Trends, types of songs, politics, going to be a lot of that this year. What do you guys think? Are you asking me or the audience? You obviously you. <laughs> like, you're can, right here. They can can't answer me. This is not a listener call-in show. Obviously, us. <laughs> well, you're kind of, you're you're a call-in listener right now, Sarah. You are on the phone from Seattle. That's true. Like three thousand miles away from you guys. Literally. Uh, what do you expect? Three thousand miles away from us will happen. Three thousand miles away. 
I mean, I expect my current location to not be nearly as into Eurovision as maybe DC in general, and particularly you guys. Sad. So what sad. What kind of living is that? <laughs> I know. I'm not but, suggesting anyway, so hard. I'm just suggesting that you move. Either you <laughs> come back to us here, or let's all go to Tel Aviv. Anyway, I guess uh, you actually discussing your ambition. Okay. Uh, so... I, I mean, think obviously politics are going to be huge. I don't know which countries though, like would actually pull out. It looks like a lot of countries have already expressed interest in participating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- so far, twenty-five countries have confirmed participation. So I feel like this is going to be one of those. Okay, and I know we already talked about how maybe block voting, block voting doesn't hold up the way that it used to, but I can see less country like countries with very little controversy just being the safe bet this time around if politics is as heated as we think it's going to be mm. in which case we're going back to the scandies um it would be nice if finland would take one well finland's not scandinavian nordic but yeah i really want finland to win or belgium belgium has been doing oh, so belgium. good the last yeah, couple of years they didn't nice. do well but their songs have been incredible uh, Bulgaria has been on uh, no, no, high they're, up they're, and up. They're not, they're not gonna get it. Moldova? I don't know why I'm that. Moldova, Moldova? Anyone? Cute. Well, depending on what they enter. Yeah, but they've been they've been on a on a good streak lately as well. And so I just have high hopes for some of the Eurovision entries. I think what's gonna be interesting is that so after Salvador won in 2017, what we did see in 2018 was a lot more countries singing in their national languages. Some countries going the sort of less poppy, bombastic route, mm-hmm. doing something a little more either toned down or, you know, I don't want to say the word authentic, but more sort of quiet and, you know, less seemingly manufactured um, as sort of Eurovision songs are accused of being often. I think with Neto winning this year, we might see a trend back toward what's sort of typically considered a Eurovision song? Uh, Hoping not, but... No, I, I actually... So I, I kind of disagree with that. Um, I think that this was a unique song, but I think that we're only a year off of Portugal winning, and I think um, that there's still kind of that potential atmosphere. Like, I don't think that a year is enough to skew everything completely. Uh, I think that this song, or the one that Neta came out with, was just very unique. And I mean, might be French, might not be, but I don't see like Portugal changing their trajectory. I don't see, unfortunately, the Netherlands changing. <laughs> the Netherlands is gonna send another country song. Yeah, um, but like all I can tell you guys, what I know for sure, is my favorite entry is Italian. <laughs> we don't even need to hear the song. We no. just know that Alex's favorite is going to be Italy this year. Yep. Um, is there anyone that you want to come back to Eurovision? Any artists from past years? No. I want fresh faces, honestly. Okay. How about you, Sarah? I agree with Alex. I like when new people show up and hopefully bring something different. And I was actually thinking about that with like both of the last two winners, like you were just saying, each of them were actually quite unique. Um, I mean, obviously in very different ways, but I just, I think people like it when an artist brings something different, obviously. And I think that like both winners also were just very much into their art form. And if you are just doing 
pop beats for the sake of trying to win, you're not bringing the same kind of internal and like enthusiasm for your music, which I think that both Neta and Salvador Bali did do. Yeah. I, mean, I might be looking like way too much into this, but I think that like a sense of authenticity is something that they do tend to appreciate, especially given the past three years. Um, I definitely least. agree. That's actually a super interesting thing to think about, like larger social trends in pop culture and how the importance of authenticity, like whether that follows larger trends in, because um, people said like Lord was kind of a little bit of a rebellion against like the super packaged pop, like her rise in popularity was like the second wave of um, kind of like how grunge took on pop music in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So looking at that in Eurovision might actually be a super interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we even saw that, you know, are seeing this kind of trend with the last few few winners. Like, you know, Jamala's song was extremely personal, right? And very authentic, I'd say. Um, Salvador's obviously also very from the heart, very personal, very him, and very not typical Eurovision. And while Netta's song is sort of more along the lines of what people expect from Eurovision, I think it's also very authentic to her yeah, really showcased I mean, her personality and you didn't she didn't seem fake in any in no, any way I thought that what she contributed I mean granted like the lyrics was one thing but I think <coughs> that what she contributed was she is a you know like a beat maker like a music maker she was making that music on stage when it was happening you know um and the mute and the different types of sounds that she was making with her mouth like Mm -hmm. despite and I think that for people who are you know not lyrically inclined but are very kind of focused on getting down the perfect beat I think that that reflected her art very well saying it doesn't matter the lyrics could be anything Mm -hmm. you know her and making the the bass sounds a while. Noises. I was like, yeah, <laughs> the chicken noises. I mean, but th- like, think about it like this: like, it's a, a chicken noises in a Eurovision song, and it won. Like, it worked. Yeah. Like, she found a way to make it work. She and I th- found sounds that but she I thought think, were extremely yeah. compatible, and she put them together in a song. And honestly, it just, it just. Worked. And a lot of her personality came through in it. In it, right? It Absolutely. was just like so That's what hard. I would love to say too. It's just her confidence and like carrying it. So is this something that we want to continue seeing at Eurovision? Just like really like more authentic, you know, moving maybe away from what makes what has made Eurovision such a phenomenon has been has always been people tuning in for like weird kitschy shit. I think we also appreciate the authenticity and the artistry behind a lot of the songs. So I don't, I don't think that the weird kitschy shit has always been a part of Eurovision. It hasn't. It's definitely been in the last like decade or so and like yeah. especially since it sort of exploded on the internet and like and now that it's spread to like the u.s or like as far as fan bases go right and people really respond to like the weird stuff from the last couple of years yeah. it's um, kind of like, it goes viral. yeah exactly and so i don't want to say i'm worried about that going away but that's always something that's made eurovision really fun to watch i've seen that been that decreasing over the last couple of years but i do also really appreciate the growth in music that i actually like as songs more so I think than I did when I first started watching Eurovision. I mean, I think that if you think of the people who actually watch and actually vote in Eurovision, 
you you have to accommodate the culture that's coming and I think that Nets is a perfect example of you can still be weird and quirky, but you need to provide that level of authenticity in order to have people who actually want to listen to you. Um, and I think that that might be more of something that we're going to see in the future instead of like, for example, like the Central Asian and Eastern European countries just kind of like playing to their stereotypes and like I, I see more of like an, an inward looking quirkiness instead of a how does the world perceive this country? Let's make a, you know, a song that kind of caters exactly to people's stereotypes and see if we can win. Yeah, I see that. Although Denmark, the whole Viking thing, man, come on. Oh, I love that. That was so fun. <laughs> Vikings who are waving a white flag during the song. It's like, you haven't even gone into any type of battle yet. <laughs> <Yeah. Even up. laughs> it's the new Denmark. They're all about the peace. Is there any artist that you want to see at Eurovision? Not necessarily like a past Eurovision artist, but someone... You know, you you listen to a lot of Danish music, Alex, and I know Sarah. You're you know pretty into like German stuff, uh, and I like a lot of weird Eastern European shit. Like, are there any artists that you would love to see at Eurovision and hope that maybe in 2019 they're coming in? Uh oh, okay. So at least like in the Danish term, actually, there's like this fusion of music coming out of. Um, well, not really the mainstream, but it's becoming a little bit more common um, of an integration of like reggae music with um, Danish pop and rap. And it just, it sounds so freaking cool. And <laughs> I would, I don't care who sings it. I mean, like I can name names of people who would be interesting, but I would just, I would like to see music that reflects like the top 40s list in Denmark as is. And I want to see how that would compete on this level. Sarah? So I was actually thinking something similar and it's funny that um, the trend towards like reggae is happening in Denmark because I feel like that's something that like Germany also went through. Um, Just a lot of like reggae influenced artists. And I was actually kind of thinking the same thing. It would be really interesting to see more rap artists like in their native language. I wouldn't want, like, just random rap artists. But there's so many, I mean, like, there's French rap, there's German rap. It would just be really interesting to see how that does um, with more artists doing that in Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, okay, I just thought, can we please have Belgium sends to my... <laughs> I would love that. And speaking of Francophone artists, um, I, I read an article recently about uh, one of my favorite French artists, Kenji Girac. Uh, who is a, for lack of a better term, gypsy. Uh, Catalan. He's a Catalan gypsy. He identifies. He identifies as that. Roma. Um, he uses that term himself. So I don't know. I guess that's okay. Um, but yeah, he's a Catalan Roma person who you know plays the guitar and sings beautifully. And he's pretty pretty famous in France. And he recently came out being like, yeah, I would love to be in Eurovision if they'll have me. Which I think would that be would awesome. That would be amazing. He's so good. Right? He's just, he's, it's like really, I think it's really authentic stuff. I know a lot of like people who are, you know, French people are kind of like, yeah, it's poppy, top 40 stuff. But uh, I just think like when he actually, you know, it's just him and his guitar and he's singing about, you know, the struggles he's had with his identity and his culture. Not struggles, but like 
well, some of it's struggles, some of it's like, you know, the pride he has and, you know, just his experience growing up as a person from of Roma descent in a Western European country. Like, it's good. It's authentic. It's really heartfelt. Like, I would love to see that at Eurovision from France and from any kind of country, honestly. Like, remember Hungary sent uh, Yotsi Papai, mm-hmm. which is like a beautiful song about his experience growing up as a Roma in Hungary. Like... It was great. I want more of that. And also, like, Italy, whatever you're entering, I love it already. And <laughs> all the social things that you're raising, just going to bring it up right now. Just, like, can we can we open a space in this podcast to be like, insert here how amazing the Italian entry is. Because <laughs> I know it's going to be amazing. Do we think that they'll go with something kind of socially conscious again? Yeah. Because, I mean, they were, they were very different styles, but the last two, for sure. I mean, I, I, I would argue that even um, even Francesco, uh, like, had a... He had a message, yeah. Yeah, there was a message. I think that they always have, like, they have a different way of portraying it, but I think that they always have some kind of deep underlying... I don't know about always. Definitely the last two years they've had, okay. a, yeah. uh, like, social commentary. Yeah, I don't think uh, Francesco initially had... The was a love song, and that had a lot of social commentary on... Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, the last few, like Il Volo did not have much social commentary, but it was like a really cool song. Just those those three dudes singing opera was awesome. So, I mean, Italy is going to do well, I think, again, like they always do. I hope. I mean, I would, I would like. For it's going to be win. incredible. <laughs> and if and if it were held in Italy, then I. You would go. I mean, it's not that I don't want to go to Israel. It's just like, there's so much going on in Israel right now. So if you had to pick any country to win just based on where you wanted to go, would it be Italy? That's a good question. Sarah, feel no, free to I've jump already in. Been to, I've already been to Italy. It would be somewhere I hadn't been before. Agreed. I've been to Italy. I've, it'd be great to go again, but I'd rather have an excuse to go somewhere I haven't been before. I want to go to the Baltics, so I'm going to go ahead and root for Estonia again, or Latvia, or Lithuania. Estonia, yeah, Estonia's a good choice. I've been to Latvia, but I wouldn't mind going back and seeing more. Uh, Estonia's usually my favorite of those three, but I'll take any Baltic country. I'm going to go ahead and set myself it's a bar. It's not like they're far apart. We could visit multiple. That's true. I'm going to go ahead and set myself apart from you guys, and I'm going to go to Malta. <laughs> <laughs> Go visit Crystal. Beautiful beach days. Yeah, I know. No, I'm going to explore the history, you know, in a day. Can Malta Um, fit Eurovision? (laughs) Is there enough room on Malta? (laughs) Are there enough nightclubs for all the gay men? I don't know. There's. We only really need one. As we learned from Fire Festival, emergency tents can go (laughs) a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Well, here's to hoping. It's in Estonia next year. Go Estonia. That's who I want to win. Go Malta. Well, I mean, Italy, but you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Go anyone. That would be an interesting thing if, like, countries started... You know how, like, countries put out travel ads? Yeah. Not usually... At least... How common is that? Like, is that, does that happen outside of the U.S.? Or is that just a thing that they broadcast no, to Americans? No, no, they, they do. They do abroad as well. Yeah, I think every country that's hosted so far has, like, tried to really 
combine it with like a tourism campaign, especially as I remember Azerbaijan was like real into being. They were like, doing it in Lisbon too. They were, uh, they were doing sure. it in Lisbon. Uh, Azerbaijan especially doubled down on like, look how pretty we are. Come visit. You're, but you're kind of reminding me of like you know how countries are not like World Cup bids that have banners like all over the country in the airport. Like countries that know that they're not gonna win, they just start doing like travel uh, <laughs> commercials. Like, okay, we just want people to come to the country, so we're not gonna win lyrically, but maybe we'll win through advertisements, <laughs> subliminal <laughs> advertising. I, countries do that's, try that's to do what that. I mean, I, is it like they run like travel campaigns to convince people to vote for their country? Hey, uh, I think some of the Eurovision entries in the past have been like basically like how great my country is please come visit like i remember there was a song in i think it was 2011 that was literally called i love belarus yeah it's pretty pretty (laughs) um i'm pretty there was like moldova i think in the past has been like this is moldova or you know something like silly like that does the uk entry count where they were like the stewardesses that look like they were oh my god like reiner Oh my god, probably, honestly. Or anytime Ireland sends something Celtic, they're just like, yes, this is us, come visit. Right? Italy's like, you don't need to visit, you already know. You already know what we are. Yeah. We're Italy and we're awesome. We already know you're on your way, so we're not even going to try. Not going to lie though, I am excited about Israel, mostly because this is a really good opportunity for me to try to combine it with Birthright. And maybe just have, like, a really incredible, like, two weeks in May. No response. <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions about, like, the logistics there and, like, whether... Just, no, go on like, birthright for, like, a week, do... but then just, like, stay another week to go to Eurovision. You know? Well, I guess, like, not knowing anything about birthright, I was like, can you just, like, pick whenever you go? Like, do, are they just doing them all the time? I mean, yeah, they're doing them all the time, but they have, like, tours, so you pick one that's... Yeah, that's what I have to find okay. out. But... Yeah, sorry, the, the, the prospect. for my ignorance about how birthright works, I just... I was like, I don't... What? Oh, yeah. So anti-Semitic. <laughs> anyway, the prospect of that makes me excited, and I hope to try to explore that. But, Yeah. Anything else to add about 2019? What you're looking forward to? What you think might happen? Um, well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think a protester is going to go on stage and do something, and the broadcasters are going to be super good at catching it. Oh, um, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some politics. There's already been a couple... Well, what's the beer of Israel? A beer? I'm trying to figure out what the advertisements are called. Oh, I have no idea. These are important questions. The last time I went to Israel was like... Book. 15 years ago, so I don't know. But thank you, Portugal, for a lot of super buck. Yeah, we drank a lot of super buck, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Portugal. It's delicious in-country. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Anyway, <laughs> Maybe a little. thank you so much to our special guest, Sarah, for joining us this week. Oh my god, always a pleasure. Come back anytime, we'll call you in straight from Seattle. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Facebook at facebook, facebook.com slash Star Spangled Eurovision, on Twitter at SSC underscore pod, on Instagram at Star Spangled Eurovision, or on iTunes. Please leave us a rate, a review. It helps people find our podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify. Rate us there too. We're on anywhere you can possibly listen to 
podcasts. So we hope you keep listening. Tell your friends. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Starspangledeervision at gmail.com. Ideas for episodes. Could use some. Yeah. That's it. See you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Sarah, say bye. Say bye. <laughs> bye, everyone.